Hey, PG fans, if you're enjoying this rig rundown, please consider giving us a positive rating in your podcast platform of choice. And while you're at it, subscribe to our feed to make sure you never miss an episode. Right on. Hey, Brian, how are you? How are you? Dude, I'm hanging in there. Hey, guys, this is Perry with the Rig Rundown um, Isolation Edition. Um, today's guest is Brian Fallon. Uh, you know him from the Gaslight Anthem and his solo projects as well. Um, I'm very excited you could do this. Um, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always happy to play. <laughs> um, I know you've been uh, a pretty busy dude during quarantine um, with songwriting, but also... Also, uh, I, w I just wanted to get, put this out there real quick because I think this is so cool. You've been handwriting lyrics in support of your crew members and band guys, right? Whew, yeah. So that, yeah, that came up, um, like that was an idea that I saw kind of just like was thinking about doing. And then I was like, ah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know like if people would be interested in that. And it kind of came up like in it, I guess on Twitter or something. And people were like, apparently very interested. So I was thinking, you know, how, how can I help, you know, cause I don't know, they don't have any other stream of, of like income. They don't have like royalties or whatever, you know? So I was just like, you know, they're not being able to do anything. So what if, if I write out some, some lyrics, you know, and then, you know, hopefully I can just get them get i mean i can get the money directly to them which is great right, right. that's killer man I, what a cool not only thing to do but awesome opportunity because of course with all you know even unemployment right now i think gig workers are having kind of the hardest time with all yeah. of this stuff proving income is insane so good on you I'm, <laughs> I, I, I think that's super cool well let's uh well, thank you let's uh jump right into it um first things first i've always known you as a telly guy i've always seen you play tellies and immediately something that jumps out at me is this uh this neck and this uh, this fingerboard. What can you tell me about this? Well, uh, this is a uh, this is a, a, a master built uh, Paul Waller uh, rosewood telly. It's all rosewood. It's super heavy. It's not like it's not killer heavy, but it's it's pretty heavy. Um, but it's it's got the thing about it that that's really unique is uh, the neck was specced after um, a, like a broadcaster that I had. Oh, so it's it's a huge neck. Like it's got a, a V. And it's it's pretty big, like it it goes it's above one, so it's it's high up there. And then it the radius goes from seven and a quarter, and then it just like go tapers up. So it's cool. That's like, real cool. Did it take you? Did it take you any time to adjust to that neck? No, because I always I, I only have one telly with a with a like a slimmer neck, but it was a even that one it has an eleven inch radius. So it was like a special order that um, someone did, and I got it. But the, most of the necks that I have are, are very big. Like you like the very big. You like a Louisville Slugger with some strings on it. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that V. You know. Yeah, yeah. That, that V does it. It fits right in the in the crook of the hand. Oh, love that. So, with with it being all ro rosewood, right? Is that what you said? 
Uh, yeah, the whole thing's rosewood. Do you notice anything tonally different from like another Tully that might be like ash or you know something? Definitely. I oh, mean, really? It's, it's yeah, it's it's thicker for sure. Like this is like the Les Paul of Tully. Yeah, it's, I was like, gonna really, say. Really, really thick. You know, and and you can you can kind of get like a beefier sound. It will be snappy if you want to. Like if you pull on the strings or you know you get that little snap, it's cool if you want it. But uh, it's not gonna be as as bright as like. Uh, Definitely not like a 60s telly. No way. Right, right. So oh. it's cool. It's a cool thing to have. And it's just like, I'm a big George Harrison fan, so it's cool. Yeah, that's great. From from here, it seems like, you know, obviously we're talking via Zoom, but it looks like it's black on, black on, black. That is just so cool, man. No, it's actually like brown. Is like it? It's, got, it's like, yeah, it's it's pretty like, it's pretty brown. I mean, I got, I've got better pictures like yeah, I'll yeah. send you. We'll show you guys yeah, some like, B-roll so you can take a look at it. But that is so like pretty. Like the wood grain in it. They, they, everything's in there. You can kind of see like all the wood in there, and it's cool. So it's it's got a black pickguard, and the neck and the body are both like really dark brown. Yeah, that is so cool. It's just uh, it's almost shocking because it's a un, unusual look for a Telecaster, you know. Yeah. Especially with the headstock. It's, it's a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. So this is uh, is this your one of one of the newer ones to your collection? Uh, yeah, this is actually I just I just got this back from Paul. I ordered it a while ago, last year sometime, and. Um, and he, he had finished it, I guess, like right before everything was, was shut down. So I was like the last guitar out, which I was really happy about. I was just like, oh, man. And, um, you know, he, he was just so cool, like doing it. He, he was interested as soon as we, we, uh, we started talking and he was just like, I, I, I want to do this. Like, what, what do you want and everything? And I'd never ordered a guitar like custom like that. So oh. it was pretty cool. That is really, really cool, man. Yeah, uh, super cool. Hey, well, um, before we jump to another guitar, just out of curiosity, could you maybe switch through um, the pickup selector just so we can maybe hear the difference tonally? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, so, like, the, the, the neck, it's got a, a set of uh, twisted telly pickups in it. He, that's what Paul decided would sounded best, so we always trust him. But uh, the neck pickup's pretty warm. It's, like, got this kind of, like... Like that kind wow. of thing. Wow. And then, you know, yeah, right? Yeah, that's like, it's almost like 335 territory. It's so warm. Totally. Yeah, that, yeah. That's kind of the thing about it. It, it like does that like, it, exactly. It does yeah. like a 335, but it's like, you know, it's a telly, which makes it even cooler How cool. Yeah, I did not I did not exactly expect that. That is so cool. No. <laughs> and then uh, the middle is cool. Too. Well, it's also that the twisted telly set, like the neck is really close to a strat. Like you can almost get, there's like this Fashante thing, like... Like that, it's it's nice. It's cool. It's like a good good neck pickup, and then um, the middle kind of does like the, uh, the does the middle thing really cool. Like the yeah, you know? like it's cool. I've always I always loved a, a middle the the middle position on a telly because it does that Americana thing where it's like not quite clean but not dirty either you know it kind of does that perfect rock sound yeah it's good for that like you yeah know, like it, it kind of does everything it's I, I feel like it's the position for a telly like the middle like i think i record most parts like with that if i can get away with it yeah and that's... then like you know the the bridge is just like for stinging stuff like Like it's pretty, 
pretty bitey. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's a little darker, but it still sounds like a telly in that yeah, position. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Way it's cool. not like it's not wildly like I don't like them to be like wildly different because I'm not not really like a like a shredder or anything like that, and I kind of just play like in the song and try to swirl things around and like when I get down to it like I don't want it to be like incredibly bright I also play through a uh, deluxe reverb most of the time so it's pretty bright amp or like a Vox you know like an AC 15 or 30 and they're pretty bright so if I can tame it down a lot of the times I have the I have the tone rolled off yeah yeah especially with an AC 30 it's almost a necessity when you're playing a telly in a bridge position it can get a little ice picky on you for you know. sure yeah but that's uh, one thing I did was like I went to uh, electronic school when I was uh, right out of high school. So I got into all this stuff and, and I can now I kind of like I do my own amps. So like I can work on them and take if there's like something in the amp that's like too ice picky, I know how to take it out. Oh, how cool is that? Oh, man. <laughs> all right. We'll talk about that one when we get to amps because I know that you've like completely rebuilt a couple yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Amps. yeah. Oh, the, that is the one awesome. I'm playing out of right now. Yeah, I, I re I redid the whole thing. That's funny. I, half the guys on the rig rundown are like like you. They're like really really nerdy and want to know what certain capacitors sound like what. And then some guys are like, I don't know. I play it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's always it's it's always nice to find a guy that uh, really gets in there to the nitty gritty details for sure. I love it. Yeah, man, that's great. So when you start touring again and this opens all back up, is this going to be your number one? Um, well, you know, it's hard to say, probably, but I, I don't have, like, a, I never had, like, a number one guitar. I always had just, like, I always looked at them, like, you know, like, that's the Phillips head, that's the flat head, that's the hammer, you know, that that's the scraper, and whatever you need to get the job done. I kind of always thought that, that they were, they were like, tools, but I, I don't know. I, I never got, like, married to one, yeah. you know? That's a great analogy. It is a tool, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I try to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, are you picky about your fret wire or the size of the frets or anything like that? No, no. I try not to be. You know, like I, I think like even like with necks and stuff, like I, I have what I would prefer if I'm given the option. But like like these frets are, are they're pretty big. They're not really like the like small tiny ones. But I mean, I don't play real hard, and I don't you know like I've kind of. But I, I I find that like having like limitations like that sort of limits what you can get and like what you could like what if you're in a jam and you you need to borrow somebody's guitar right and then they're like oh the fret wire is not right and you're like well who cares yeah who Just get, play the thing figure you know? it out yeah yeah totally I don't think that Robert Johnson's intonation was probably very good you know on that <laughs> guitar that he had so I, I tried to just be like well. Yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll play it. Sure. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. What? I mean, and I'm not like the master of guitar playing either. Like, I mean, these guys, like, they shred, you know, and like these, 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 these guys and girls that really can like really play. And like, I, I'm still in lessons. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm just still working here. Dude, I'm with you. And then it's, it's frustrating, you know, you, you, you can get as comfortable as you want on a guitar, and then there's always going to be some dude like Django Reinhardt that's doing it with two fingers better than you. So it's like, right. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's like kind of that's the thing, you know. And I, if I can pick up tips here and there, you know, I, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, totally. Well, um, let's uh, let's talk about let's move on to another telly. I know you've got a, a pretty awesome collection of Telecasters. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, this is the the one that the neck on the rosewood was modeled after. So uh, this one has the exact same neck, V, everything. So uh, Paul just copied it. So he was able to like, I got the dimensions for him and like, you know, had to like caliper measure it. And then he, he like, he just copied it. And they, they feel identical. 
Wow. So it's pretty crazy what they can do there. Like they can really, I mean, they should be able to, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm sure they have a pluck machine and all that stuff to be able to do it perfectly. They do. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's unique kind of like when you, you feel it, but the difference even between like, like this is just like, this is a custom shop, but like the, the difference between this one and that one, you can feel it. They totally feel that like one person built that guitar. So what is it about the Telecaster that's always, you know, I, I think I've almost always seen you play tellies. Yeah, I mean, I've played Les Pauls for a while, um, but like the thing about the telly is that it, it like, well, the real reason in the beginning was that you couldn't break it. Yeah. So yeah. like on tour, I never had to worry about headstocks breaking off or like, you know, like I didn't have money for a road case when I first started touring. So like there, you know, now I got all these Carlton cases and everything, but like, back in the day like there was none of that it was just like throwing it in like whatever case it came with and then throwing it on an airplane and then you'd hope that like nothing happened but i mean like with a telly like anything that breaks it was built to be just replaced any little part you can you know like i can replace every single piece on this guitar so yeah that's kind of the deal it's cool yeah yeah i don't think i've ever seen a Telly with a broken headstock, and, uh, you know, outside of like a very, very crazy situation where yeah, you know, sometimes some... people break the tuners up here, yeah. like up yeah. here, but I've I've never done that, you know, thank God. So it's it's been good to me. They've been good, and they, you know, yeah. I can I find that I can get them to work in any situation, you know, like you yeah. can if yeah. you're playing chords, if you're playing rhythm or lead or whatever, like they seem to work in any style of music. Yeah, and the, the, that pickup combination is so touch sensitive. Like if you really dig in, you get a whole another beast, you know? Totally, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a cool thing. Yeah, so tell me the story on this one. Um, what, what year is it? Is it a custom shop? Yeah, this is a custom shop. Um, this is like a couple years old, but it was a, this one and um, there's a Strat that I have, a, I have two where they were uh, like brother and sister guitars where they were, they were for like Nam or whatever. And my friend uh, owns a shop called Russo's Music, or he runs a shop called Russo's in Asbury uh, in New Jersey. And he, he had this one and the other one. And, and they were like, they both just sounded incredible. And I, I was like, I gotta get those two. And so I just had them and hung on to them. And, and they're like, I don't know, they, they have this like little plaque on them and they came on a certificate that and they're numbered, but these are like right next to each other and they came from the same batch. That's so, so cool. I don't know. But they're both magic. They both sound super good. It's really dry, this one. So it's cool. Yeah, I, I've noticed like um, a lot of times um, if you get a relic or if you just wear it down naturally, like the wear through the nitro and that wood, wood can breathe. Oh man, it really brings a guitar to life. It does. It's yeah. like, it's kind of like, I don't know. It, it has like a dry sound. Like you could tell like the new ones and then the old ones have. Yeah. Um, like when they're when they've been beat in, you know. Yeah, I had this um, uh, one of my best friends who used to play in that band, Love Drug, and yeah. he would do the weirdest thing, and he swore by it. When he would get a new telly, he would like wherever there was belt rash, he would sand it down to natural wood, and then yeah. take everything out of it and leave it on the oven of this pizza shop that was close to us <laughs> in New York. And he would be like, "Hey, can I leave this body here on top of your pizza oven for a month?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, sure." And he'd put it back together and. Sound amazing. That's well, every, awesome. Every time. It was so weird. <laughs> but That's yeah. kind of like, I don't know, like I guess like they roast the guitars sometimes. Yeah, and this was before like torification and all those like yeah. catchwords. He was, he just, I think he felt like, you know, really dry wood was a lot more resonant, so. Yeah, it, I mean, well, for sure it is. Yeah. yeah you don't want to do that with a neck though, because like. No, 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 no. He would, t 
He, he just did it with the body. <laughs> I was like, hold on a second. Did he do that with the neck? I'm like, frets would be popping out. Oh, man, it'd be terrible. Oh, shit. Um, so when you're playing live, are you changing tunings a ton or... Um, no, no, you know, Never. like it, it's so funny. Like I know that there's so much stuff that I could do easier with open tunings, but I just can't, I cannot be bothered. Like with the, it goes against the tool thing. Like I appreciate people that do it. And like, you know, I, the only time is like I was covering Romeo and Juliet from Dire Straits. And so like I would play the resonator and I, I had to tune it to open G, but like, honestly, like my guitar tech at the time was just changing the tuning in between the set like on the same guitar because like i just can't i first of all i don't have enough guitars to be like keeping them in separate tunings but like i just figure out whatever i need to play i figure out a way to do it in in the key that it's in the just standard tuning that's awesome that's awesome (laughs) yeah i mean there's nothing worse than like having one off song on a set where you're in a totally different tuning, and then you're like halfway through the song before you realize you're freaking playing it wrong. It's happened to me so many times. Yeah, I've tried to get away from from weird open tunings for that reason, you know. It's, I mean, some people are really great at it, and it's cool. I mean, I guess when you have like, you know, 10 guitars, it's cool, but I don't have 10, I have four, so, you know, it's different. But like, you know, the middle three string, you can kind of, there's open G right there. Yeah, yeah, I guess if you're, Careful enough with your right hand, you can totally pull that off anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So does this have the uh, the Twisted Telly set as well? No. So, like, that's the only one that has the Twisted Telly set. So, like, all my other ones, they, they have... Uh, this one has uh, a company called Righteous Sound. You know what I'm talking about? I've heard of them, but I'm not familiar with their Telly set, yeah. Very, very small. It's my friend Josh's company, and uh, it's a very, very, like, small company, but they make awesome pickups, and... This one uh, is there's a set called the Sparrow and and they just like they're they're just like old broadcaster pickups and they sound so good that like I don't know they just work for me like so I love them. Yeah, let's uh, let's hear those bad boys. Sure. This is that this is a neck pickup. sweetness to it yeah that's kind of what i look for it's just like you know those are the kind of sounds that that i like like i don't really i don't really like the like the super super brash thing so you know but it's cool it's nice and round and it's it's good i mean the middle position's got a cool like That's the middle, and then you know you got your 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 neck. Like it does the thing, you know. Yeah, man, that's a good that's a good sound and telly for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It it just sort of like does the thing, you know, like the yeah. thing that you want a telly to do. That's what it does. Do you know what the what the construction on this one is? It's just like an old like fifty one broadcaster kind of like re remake or whatever. Um, but. Uh, yeah, like again though, huge neck, big V, like so. I, I bet this one is considerably lighter dude, than the last one. This guitar weighs like six pounds, nothing. It weighs nothing. I could like this is just like you know, like oh. weighs like what one of my kids' legs weighs. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, you're playing some long ass sets when you're playing, so I bet yeah. that is it's pretty nice yeah. to have. 
It's good. Well, I tell you, like I had an injury for a while where uh, the like your ulnar nerve or whatever in 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 your it goes from your neck down to your your like your these two fingers, your ring finger and your pinky, and like it, it sort of gets trapped up in the elbow every once in a while. So like it's like what people get their the like the thing caught in for carpal tunnel, but it's in the elbow. So what happens is like it, it just gets there's a channel where your nerve goes through and it, it got caught. And um, so it, it but it hurts, man, like really hurts. And your your fingers kind of like start to go tingly a little bit. Oh. And it's it's funny. So it's not funny, but um, but like playing like any other guitar at at that time when that happened, like this was like my my only guitar because I, I couldn't pick up anything else on my shoulder because it would it would be like so down and it came from just constantly playing like i was playing acoustic i did these two really long tours and i was playing every single night like just really like holding crazy position chords and um it i don't know i just trapped it in there but like you know i had to go to like physical therapy and everything but it got it got better and and now it's okay but this was like a lifesaver during that Man, yeah, I was just gonna ask, did they have to do any kind of surgery to? No, I got it taken out. I went to uh, a physical therapist and they did, uh, it was actually this place down the street, like a local place in Point Pleasant called Pinnacle. And they, they had an acupuncturist come in and so like from my knees to my feet were covered in needles while, uh, while they would work on my arm and my back. And they taught me all these things about your posture and sort of like, like, using your body the way it's supposed to be used and and then and then your injury can heal and also like keeping your wrist like very straight so uh, funny enough i was talking to Corey brandon about this one time and he was like i don't know what he was talking about he said that about what i was saying but i was telling him that i had to relearn to hold a bar cord so like most people hold a bar cord with their thumb on the back like that and like i had to learn to do it like this no thumb so like completely like your wrist had to stay straight like this like your arm had to stay completely straight so i had to learn to pull back like this on the neck so without bending the neck right but my fingers got so and and this part of my hand got so strong that like um it really really helped everything else because now i can move like freer with cords and hold them so you don't get like weird buzzes and stuff but that was like a saving grace for me. It was it was like this position where your wrist is curled, that's like really, really bad in the yeah. end. So is is that something you have to actively think about when you're playing or you've just practiced enough like that now to where it comes natural? Well, now now it comes natural. But like at the time when I first did it and, and I was speaking to the physical therapist the and, and, and a guitar teacher actually, and when I was doing it, the first like week or so, I was like, I'll never play again. This is it. Like I can't until this heals. I'm not gonna play, and, and you feel like such, like a I don't know. It's like a sense of defeat because you have to start over. But then what happens is is like since you've been playing for a long time, after like a week or two, you you figure it out, and then everything comes back. So you're just like oh, and you you speed through it. So it's it's a lot better. Oh man, that's wild. Yeah, I'm in my adult life. I find myself like. When I have to relearn something I learned incorrectly as a kid, yeah. it's oh, I'd rather hit myself in the face with a hammer, dude. It's just like, oh, God, this is annoying. It's so hard to do that, you know. So good on you. Kudos. <laughs> I mean, you have to do that. Like, I think in everything you have to do that. Like, I'm doing that with lessons now, too. Like, going back and learning all the theory I didn't know. And, 
you know, and, and all that. Like, I, I'm actually, like, sitting here working on uh, triad shapes again. Like, I mean, I've done that, but now I'm doing it, like, for real because I'm trying to figure out, you know, the relation to all the scales and where all the notes are on the neck and everything. Right. So, and it's hard when you're a kid, when you first start playing, you kind of want to play stuff that you like instead yeah. of sitting there playing pentatonic scales. And it's like, I, okay, can, can we just get to Slayer? I want to learn Rain right. and Blood. I don't want to, like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's been, that's been a, a thing I've struggled with as an adult, too. It's like, okay, I need to relearn a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I mean, like, the, for me, I just wanted to learn chords in the beginning. I was like, show me the chords so I can write songs. I don't want to hear anything about this, like, this other stuff, you know? Right. So I'll leave that to somebody else. And then, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, it did work for me. It worked out, so it was okay, but... You know, but now, now I'm kind of wanting to like express different things, different melodies. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is good. It's like becoming more fluent in a language that you speak. You know, a hundred percent. Yeah. So listen up, kids. If you're at home, you can you could totally make it by just playing some open chords. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be a shredder. You don't have to like do all the things. You could just kind of, you know, sometimes it's just like about playing the chords. Yeah, totally. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> I love that. All right, well, uh, let's take a look at another telly. What else you got? All right, I'll give you the, uh, so this is the, the, this is the thinnest neck that I own. I'll, I'll show you this one. This one's cool. Um, so I think my, Ooh, my common thread with this one is uh, Steve from the Hold Steady and I both love faded sonic blue. Me and, too. And this is like, it's, it's the best, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you is that like a mint pickguard? Uh, yeah, it's a mint pickguard on, on faded sonic blue. So this is the one with the 11 inch radius. So the neck is super weird because like a telly will either have seven and a quarter or nine and a half. Maybe it'll go to 12 at sometimes. But this, so this whole radius is a, is a Gibson radius. It's, it's 11. It's almost a Gibson radius. Yeah. So like you can bend like forever on this, which is awesome. So like it, it's like effortless bending. So you can kind of get like, really like absurd things like up high you can get and nothing pinches like it's no pinch you know like whereas like if you do that on on like an old vintage telly it, it will fight you back hard yeah yeah, yeah. so it's it's kind of cool like to just be able to do it not that i could not that i could do it i'm not shredding up there yeah. but like you know it's nice to play a chord up there yeah, that's interesting. I don't think I've ever seen anybody really crank a, like that was like a two octave bend. Like that's huge. <laughs> it's pretty wide. I mean, it's not like huge. It's it's pretty big. It was yeah, a big bend. I, I mean, for something without a floating tram or something, that's really <laughs> moving. You know, that's crazy. Oh, that's so cool. What is that neck made out of? This is uh. So I don't. This is like a like a flamey kind of neck. It's really Ooh. bizarre. I don't know if you could see it. Yeah. But like, there's like a flame going through the whole neck. And it's it's roasted, so uh, I didn't really like. So the headstock is like kind of like a dark brown. It's like nice like coffee color. And then um, I think it's it's just a it's a flamed maple neck that they that they I guess cooked in some way. Like maybe they put it yeah. on top of a pizza oven. Maybe they did. Yeah, I've heard a lot of players are really really into that style of neck, and a lot of people say it adds so much stability. I've never That's owned what one. I've heard. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've heard it makes them really stable. Yeah, I could see it stiffening it up because there's not as much, you know, liquid in there or something. Maybe it just makes it a little sturdier. But man, that's a beautiful looking guitar. It, it's nice. It's like a, it's a it's a good guitar, and I, I like it a lot. So it's like one of the ones that I really enjoy. How long have you had that bad boy? 
Um, I've had it for like a few months, not like terribly long, but I got it like right before the tour started or, and then promptly ended. (laughs) So (laughs) I got it. I got to play it for one show. It was super cool. (laughs) I guess that's better than playing it for no shows, but still that's, I guess. God, what a bummer, man. Oh, so, um, as far as strings and gauges, are you the same on, on all your tellies or do you change it? Okay. So yeah, always like um, all all my guitars like like for anything less Paul Strat Telly, it's always the I use the Ernie Ball nine point five and and that's like the gauge because I used to use tens but like when I hurt my elbow, I had to go straight to nines because I couldn't like I just didn't have the strength to bend it and then um, and then I and then I was like well these are pretty good and I got so used to them. That like I, I just said, all right, well, you know, like a nine point five would be good, like a little bit heavier, but but I'll go between nine and, and that and nine point five. And but you can find like you have to be careful with like with that, whereas like you if you if you play it as hard as you do on a ten, like you'll bend notes out of tune. Oh wow. So like when you're playing like if you use the same pressure, you know, like on a like just if you're just playing like an E chord or something and you're like then like what'll happen is you'll you'll end up bending it out of tune. So you just have to press really light, but that helped me with that injury. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's gotta help with technique. You know, that touch uh, is something yeah, that- Yeah, I mean, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, if you're if you're like a punk kid, like that is not something you ever consider until you're an adult or start playing no. acoustic or something like that to where, you know, yeah. like, oh, okay, there is a lot of nuance in, in your right hand. <laughs> that didn't come to me until about a year ago. Like when my, my, like I went, you know, I started taking lessons and stuff and they, they like, they were saying that like, you know, when you're, when you're like hitting a string, you're like kind of like lightly touching it. And then all of a sudden you just like, like the note is like a feather touch. Like you don't really have to like grab it. And and that's something they're explaining to me. So it's something I had to like try to practice, but I'm still kind of in like the like infantile stages of like learning everything. So I, I've kind of like, you know, not, I, I'm just like still growing and like figuring everything out now. So like, I, I don't, I don't have like my, I feel like I'm going to come out of hiding one day and just be just- like, like, <laughs> just bust out a slide and go crazy <laughs> yeah but for now like i'm kind of like keeping it like mega timid because yeah. i don't i don't really like know how to do all that crazy stuff like the dexterity is not there well in your situation i mean you're you're a songwriter so i guess it's not necessary you know if you if you had a if you wrote a song that really required ingve malmsteam or something on that you could always hire a guy you know yeah i mean yeah. i could i think the idea is to like be able to just sort of express my, what I hear in my head, which a lot of it, a lot of it, I spent the time like doing uh, the on uh, acoustic, like the finger picking and kind of like learning like the Travis style, and then like mm. you know the the thing like learning Romeo and Juliet from Dire Straits was like a big that that was a big jump for me to like learn that and that like raking with your hand, you know, like yeah, like that kind of thing. It's like no, it's difficult. Knopfler's crazy, man. I've like when I first got into like clean sounds like Strat and, and Telly and stuff like that, I really got into Dire Straits because that dude plays yeah. like almost every song that you learn from them will inspire something that you did not know about guitar. Like Well, yeah. It's like little things. Like I mean, he like even in the beginning like when he's like doing he's like stopping the guitar real quick and like sometimes people like will do that like they'll be Though you'll, you'll kind of hear it and you'll think it's just like, but it's not. It's like, like there's little like, but there's pops and like yeah. little things. And it's so weird when you hear him like do it, that little like, 
Like little, it's like country stuff almost. Yeah, it's almost like a weird little palm mute. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's but, both hands muting, yeah, yeah. muting, and and the, yeah. So rad. Oh, I love that stuff. So I keep cool. trying to get like my cool friends to like give me like real like be like show me some licks. I don't know any licks, you know. Like I I got a typewriter. That's what I was spending my teenage years <laughs> doing. You now I was writing words. I don't know anything about licks. Oh man. All right. Well, um, those are some great guitars. Uh, yeah. When, Obviously, you're home right now and in yeah. your studio, but when you're touring, um, you know, you mentioned earlier, I've, I've seen you with AC30s, mm -hmm. maybe an AC15 before, a couple of different Fender amps, but you're yeah. really, really into tweaking amps and stuff too. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Like, what's your go-to, like what's your, what, what amp, if you were going to play a show tomorrow, what amp would you take? Well, so like the one that I'm, I'm playing through here, it's a it's a deluxe reverb that I've got an old one here, an old '66 that like is is really cool and I use it for recording. But I wanted to find something that sounded identical, and so I got um I got the '64 handwired from Fender, and it sounded really close. Like it, it, they were really really close, and and that's a great amp. Like it just does the thing. Um, but like me being obsessive, like your average person would not care. They would just be like, okay, yeah, this sounds great because it does. But I, I am like a scientist with this stuff and I get weird with it. So basically I decided that I would try every form of capacitor possible and, and different resistors and like transformers. And I would sit there and swap out the transformers and tubes and everything. So I've literally like gutted this amp three or four times and rebuilt it again. Oh man, that's so it's wild. wild. Oh, when I was a kid, my uh, my grandfather was a ham radio operator, and oh, yeah, yeah. he had like boxes and boxes and boxes of twelve AX sevens. So I remember like my first fifty one fifty, I would be like swapping them out and seeing what sounds good, not biasing the amp because I didn't know what I was doing. I can't believe I didn't <laughs> kill myself or blow the damn thing up, but. It's it's fun once you really kind of dive into that sort of stuff, you know. It's super cool. I mean, with the biasing thing, like as long as the tubes aren't glowing red hot, like cherry red, you're okay. I mean, yeah. the, the the big thing about that is you want to get them to sound good. So you you try you got to have like the the current right with like the you know like it, it's just like a whole thing. Like you want them to be drawing proper current, and that like there's a window there, so that's you can swing a little. <laughs> so for. For us laymans that don't know a ton about capacitors and and those aspects of an amp, um, what like how big of a difference are the components from you know like a sixty four to like something you would go buy off the shelves today? Obviously, a lot of newer amps have PC boards and stuff, but even the hand wired stuff has got to be a little bit different because you can't find those same parts, right? Um, yeah, it is, but like sometimes they they'll source out stuff. And Fender's really good about it. Box is really good about it. And they'll go like, like I know that with the, like I have the, the little Stapleton Princeton, the, oh. the brown panel one, and they, they got like the, the, the Schumacher transformers and they like got Schumacher to like make them and, and they did like the thing. So they really, they really put some time into it and they, they have these like molded caps now that are like paper and oil or oh. I don't know if they're paper and oil, but they're like, they're pretty good caps and, and they're, they like spent the time to like wire it right and. It, it does make a difference, but really it's the sum of the parts. So it's not like if some oh. people will say like, oh, you got to try Zozo caps or Jupiter caps or Mallory or whatever, but it's not like a specific, they all sound different, but the, it's not wild changes. Like you're going to find wild changes in speakers and in output transformers. That's where you're going to get really like this amp sounds a lot closer to a vintage amp 
with those two changes. Right, right. Yeah, like I think we actually touched on this the other day when we were talking on the phone, but output transformers, I guess, obviously they, they, they make a big tonal difference, but what is that difference? Is it like because of like, you know, why is a mercury magnetics transformer so much different than one that might come in, you know, a stock reissue Princeton? Um, well, I think it's like, I think it's a matter of like expense. Like if you're gonna, to order like, uh, like I don't know, thousands of mercury magnetics transformers, like they're made by like, a, they're still a relatively small company. And I think they're, they're, they might be made by hand, I don't know. But like, especially with, with mercury magnetics or, or like Habor or, or this, there's a company called Classic Tone. And like, as far as I know, there's maybe like 10 people working there, you know? So yeah. These are like really, they, they, they're more expensive. They can't do like bulk discounts quite as well. I, I don't really know if that's the deal, um, but it would seem to me that if I was a, a company making thousands of amps, I would probably not want to pay, you know, $200 per output transformer. Sure, especially if it's not like a custom shop or a custom order or something like that. Yeah, yeah. but they, that is yeah. the biggest difference. Like that is, yeah. it will wildly change an amp. and. Yeah, and the average dude going to Guitar Center to buy an amp probably doesn't have an extra, eight, you know, five hundred bucks for a really killer output transformer. You know? No, I think that you'd have to tack on such a, an amount of price, especially for a hand wired amp when they're paying people to sit there and wire it by hand. That's a lot of time, you know. Like it takes me, like if I was going to build an amp from scratch, it would take me a solid four days to do it. Right. Wow. Just to make sure everything's right. You know, if I'm going to like breeze through it, you could do it in 24 hours, but you probably end up with some lung infection from all the solder. Solder. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> don't you want know? that. No. It's really hard to find masks right now, so just take your time. <laughs> yeah, so chill. Chill on the soldering. You know, take your time. So I think that's pretty interesting. So if you had to build an amp from scratch, could, could you do that? Yeah, hundred percent. I've done it before. The um the amp that I used on the fifty nine sound I built from scratch, like totally. I mean, I bought like the cabinet. Sure. I didn't sure. like I didn't do the woodworking. Um, so I like sourced all the parts, but like I I built the thing like one hundred percent from nothing to a working amp. Color me impressed. That is awesome. <laughs> that is really really. I cool. will say though that that doesn't mean that I I like I think don't sometimes I, like I'll mess with my own amps, but like I'll still order amps from people that are builders like. I, I just put in an order for a, one of those Milkman Creamer amps because they're so sick. And they're like so sick. He, he's figured out how to do, this is going to sound like total nerd talk, but he's figured out how to cathode bias a, a circuit for like the like mid, like the between, like kind of like the brown panel uh, fenders and, and still make the tremolo work, which is like from a builder's point of view is blows yeah. my mind because it you how do you it whatever because tremolo involves the bias of the tube and whatever and ah. it doesn't work when you do it when i do it it doesn't yeah. work yeah. but when tim does it it works great man tim is a trip you know we cover nam and every single year when he's you know out of his booth that's one of the things that everyone is just like falling over themselves for like i think the first time i ever really i heard a solid state amp that i liked yeah. was one of his and I was like whoa why, why does this sound so freaking yeah. good because he's sick I'll, let me show you something so like so I took a little bit of the so like normally a deluxe reverb has a certain kind of tremolo it's got like a little light bulb in there and whatever and it sounds like a 60s fender so what I did in this the the 64 hand wire that I, I kind of redid I used the old style like brown panel tremolo 
thanks to uh, a bunch of people. Uh, there's a guy named that whose screen name is Slucky on the Hoffman Amplifiers forum, and he has a great layout for this. So I copied it and, and used it in this amp, but check this out. So watch, I'll show you. This sounds pretty awesome. So you get like this deep, like pulsating tremolo, and this is sort of what Tim does but it he does it in a whole cooler way but check this out it's like it sounds pretty good like like it's really deep it's not like a and if you do you know that's like with it on one that's the right. on one so if you get it you know you can get like things like you can crank the speed up and really like get the intensity going to get like like it's deep yeah you know what i'm saying so like that's kind of the thing that that's like exciting about like working on amps and things like you can have different elements so instead of just having like okay i'm stuck with the the like 60s fender era like tremolo you're not you can you can change it if you if you want oh man that is so wild that's some real awesome. real dork, dorky shit i love it that's i love so it though it's good and, and don't don't be afraid to tweak those little parts, you know? I mean, don't get electrocuted. You have to, yeah, that's yeah. the first thing. You gotta learn how to discharge those caps. But if you, uh, but yeah, like I'll sit there and mess with like little tiny resistors that I, th I think do like small things, but they're when they're all put together, they they create a whole sound and like it, they all work together. So all the parts count. When you're playing live, are you relying on one amp or are you blending several? Um, well, I used to blend them for a while, and then um, I have this like terrible fear of getting electrocuted. Like I've gotten electrocuted twice, and uh, for, yeah, it's not one one time is because the I was wiring an amp, and I had the transformer taps hanging out, and I hadn't wired them yet. But what I didn't realize is I was testing some voltage in it, and I, the doorbell rang, and I I literally was like, okay, cool, it's fine, it's in my shop. I walked by it, but as I walked by it, the tip of my finger just brushed a wire. And it, dude, I'm telling you, it like kicked me off my feet. Yeah. It's for real. Like it's not, I thought I was gonna go to the hospital. I was like, my heart stopped. Oh. I know it did, but yeah, it's like, crazy. About eight years ago, I got struck by lightning and it is <laughs> not, not fun at all. <laughs> That's not fun. No, That's amazing that you're it, here though. I know, I got really, really lucky. Thank God I was wearing sneakers because it, oh, yeah. it blew me right out of my shoes. You yeah. know, and I had no idea what happened. I thought somebody had shot me because it's like the loudest noise you can possibly imagine. <laughs> and it is like the brightest white light. It was like, okay, here I'm coming, Jesus. Like, that's the yeah. end of that. You know, <laughs> that's but, yeah. it. I, I was really disoriented for a couple of days. And Whoa. Uh, yeah, it was, it was weird. <laughs> but that's awesome now. Like now that you're okay, it's awesome. It's a cool story. I'm, 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 I hope that never happens again because it sucked. I wouldn't wish that on my worst wow. enemy. <laughs> no, it's bad. It, it is bad. I mean, like, it's not a fun. Yeah, thing. electricity is, is no joke, kids. If you're, if you are gonna go mess around with those <laughs> caps, please be careful. Yeah, get get yourself uh, some some good education on how not to electrocute yourself. For sure, for sure. All right, cool. So, um, it sounds like you like using effects from an amp like trem and verb and stuff yeah are you a pedal guy do you, are you into modulation I effects? Am. Ah. yeah but i don't like live i i have the smallest pedal board ever and it's just like one of those like nano pedal boards yeah it fits like five pedals yeah i've i've, I've got three and a tuner on it um 
The the one thing that I use a lot is uh, I I use a full tone uh, solid state Echoplex. Like I use that a lot. So sometimes that's just running uh, because of the preamp and it just sounds super good. Right. But um, but yeah, I I do. I, I'm like a pedal nerd. Like I got a lot of pedals. I got cool stuff. And um, my my main overdrive that I've used for years is the uh, Analog Man King of Tone. Like. I've tried so many other pedals and I've had Klons and I've got a vintage tube screamer here. Like I've got all this stuff and I can't find one that I like better. Yeah. It's funny how often I see the King of Tone on people's boards. It's, it's like the best. It's the one, man. And it just does that thing, especially with a telly. I, I find yeah. like the King of Tone with a telly kind of tames that harshness, but gives you that rock and roll like... Yeah. That thing, man, it's just great. Those are those are awesome. You can make your telly sound like a junior if you want, you know, yeah, which is totally. really cool. So, like, I don't know, and I know, like, I know Mike and uh, from Analog Man, and he's such a such a like a, a like soft spoken, like humble guy, and he just loves like the art of finding things. So, like, I've I anytime like I need something, like I needed a fuzz for something, and I was just like. Hey Mike, what do you got? And he's like, you got to get a sun face, you know, like you could roll the volume back and get like a Dwayne Almond thing, and it's cool. And then like I've just kind of stuck with him. Like I have his chorus and like the the compressors that his wife built when you know like when she was with us, and you know th like that's really what I go to. Um, but I also um, I use uh, I use a lot of like a lot of the full tone stuff too. So that's been like a, yeah, because my first ever like nerd purchase was when I was 25 years old and I remember the OCD came out and I was like, I was like, it's what's, does it, it sounds so much better than this like, you know, blues driver or whatever that I had, which was great, but I was so enamored. I remember like ordering it online, like on dial up AOL and just waiting like, dude, I waited like five or six months for this pedal to come out. And when I got it, it was like, I, I just, I remember like holding this pedal being like, this is the thing. Like, this is awesome. And, and I, I still have an OG, like first edition OCD and I love it. That's like so cool. whenever I use a Strat, I use a full drive, like no matter what, whenever the Strat goes on, full drive's on. Boom. Oh man. Yeah. That's a, that's another one I see on boards all the time. That OCD, you know, that's a, that, you know. Once in a while, you'll see a clone, and, and and I've you know Jason Isbell let me a b a couple of drives, even a couple of different clones. They're all their own thing, man. I mean, they all have their own voice. It's they are like there. There's like the uh, let me grab you this for a second. I'll yeah. show you this. This is a cool one. Yeah. Well, one thing. So now, okay. So you you just mentioned Jason Isbell and his clone thing. So there are very few people because I'm I'm so I will confess to you that because I'm such a nerd. And I've gone to school and stuff like that for electronics. I, there are times where I can be snobby. I, I, I'm trying to not be because what, what ends up happening is you end up limiting yourself. I will tell you this. One person that I will listen to is uh, Jason. So because he has had consistent, like really consistent guitar tone. And he, I mean, obviously his playing is incredible. But like the tone that he's got it's it's unique and 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 that that is a person there there are like probably 20 people that if they say something like I, even if i disagree i just go okay 
and I absor- like I listen to it. But I think all all pedal nerds are snobby in oh, some yeah. way. Yeah, I think that's that's just part of the territory. <laughs> yeah, like my my friend Blake uh, from the Tone Mob, he like is always arguing with me about putting like a, a humbucker in a telly a neck pickup, and I'm like, listen, man, like I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want to talk about it. It's not a thing. It's sacrilegious. It's a mustache on the Mona Lisa. So, <laughs> but uh, what I have, um, this is the only like clon that I've got left-ish thing. And it's not really, it's a Wildwood Guitars. Oh, yeah. Mythos. Uh, those Wildwood and Mythos combo, right? Yeah. yeah. So I've, heard, Wild- I've heard about this, but I haven't heard it. It's awesome. Like Wildwood Guitars, they've always been so good to me. But like this, this pedal, it just like, it does the clon thing. Like, it really does. Like, it does, like, the cool... It's not exactly, but it does the clon thing. And honestly, it I think it was, like, 150 bucks or something. And, dude, last time I bought a clon, I put it up on Reverb the next day. And, like, Chicago Music Exchange bought it from me for, like, a crazy yeah. amount of money. And right. I was just like, you know what? I don't need this. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, I'm like, you can have it. Even when talking to Jason about it, he's like... You know, we were listening to several different ones, and he's like, man, there might be five six percent difference you know the audible difference but by the time you're going through an amp you're going through speakers you're going through a pa and then you're dealing with a room no one in their right mind is going to be able to tell that difference you know that's the real deal when you're sitting home like when you're asking even about like capacitors and stuff when you're sitting at home and i'm like this everything is naked the second that you go to a recording session or you go on live dude it doesn't matter if you're playing a blues driver or or a like an OD one or the best clone in the world. The listener is not knowing it. It's about your feel. Like that's, it's the, you get a different feel, but it sort of stops mattering at a certain point. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, I'm with you on that. And like he said, he was like, well, you know, I have the money to buy it. So why not? But I wouldn't otherwise go out and drop three grand on something that I can get close enough for 150 bucks you know yeah but he i think he seems like one of those people who probably can hear that like three percent difference you know what i mean like i bet you if i if i if i put my like i think that my 64 that i built sounds like incredible but i bet you that he's he's someone with ears enough that could tell the difference between the old 66 here and that one yeah that dude is always he's his ear is unbelievable like he's one of those guys it's like he he knows more about that shit than any. I mean, he is a dork. He's like he's like you with the with the amps, man. He gets way down on in there. It's like, oh wow, like I got a lot to learn. <laughs> like, well, for sure. I mean, yeah, and he was working with Dave Cobb and all that. Like he's got he's crazy ears. You know what I mean? Like, but that that's like good. well, okay. So like one time I was watching the the I think it was it, I think you were doing something with 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 Dave and in, in, in the studio and he was talking about tweed champs and like how he never turns them past three or four. Right. And like, sure enough, I, like my little tweed champ that I have, I was like, yeah, that's probably where it does sound actually really good. So yeah, it's like, that's the sweet spot for that. It answer. sounds knows? awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've been struck by lightning. I'm missing so much hearing. So like those microphonic differences and stuff like, you know, guys like JD Simo can says he can hear the microphonic differences between 12 AX sevens. And it's like, uh, you know, my ears don't, they don't do that anymore. I just need it loud. Incredible guitar player. <laughs> He's amazing. It's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. And how he can still hear those differences while playing like a Marshall full stack, 100 watches. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. You know, like, but these, these, these are players that are like insane. Like, do you, uh, do you know Molly Tuttle? 
Oh, yeah. God, she's good. Yeah, so I don't know her personally, but, like, I saw her play on this thing that I was doing, like, the other day, and she was, on like, playing, and, and um, she was, like, the, the blue cross finger picking. I was, like, this is mind-blowing, like, how good it is. And, like, when I think when you get to that level of expertise, your ear has got to be so dialed in. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's got to be what it is. Yeah, I remember the, the, the first time I saw her blew me away man she was doing this little in store at grimy's uh record shop oh, here yeah, in nashville, yeah, nashville. i was like wow dude her control you know i can i love finger picking and like it's something i'm really getting into flat picking and stuff but like watching someone like her do it it's like oh okay i'm <laughs> i should throw yeah. my guitars away now <laughs> <laughs> you know? no i mean it makes you want to like find out like like i told you like i was taking like these online lessons i did one with julian lodge and like you know he's mind-blowing like how good he is but I didn't like I didn't walk away like thinking like I'm gonna throw my guitar away I kind of was like maybe it was him like the way he teaches but I was like I'm gonna like focus on these things and get better like that was like the big deal yeah Yeah. I mean that's a good a good lesson should inspire you that's a beautiful thing man you know Ah. it's cool I love it way cool well Brian I can't tell you how much fun I've had during this conversation this is great well, thanks uh, you, for having me, man. I appreciate yeah, it. You did a really good job of making it not so weird considering we're in different places and I'm not hearing your amp and guitars like, you know, in person. But when uh, you start touring again, definitely uh, like absolutely, we'll get after it for sure. Let's um, do it. All right. Before I let you go, I, I, you have a, um, a solo record out this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Local Honey. Yeah, that's right. Um, so you guys check that out. Um, keep... I guess uh, stay tuned for when bands can tour again and we'll just keep doing it like this. Uh, And in the meantime, keep practicing. Yeah, you got a lot of time to practice. There's no excuse, guys. (laughs) Myself included. Um, Thanks so much for watching, guys. Stay tuned for more rig rundowns, riff rundowns, uh, video lessons, all that fun stuff. We'll catch you next time. Later.